Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined on this snowy day um i believe you even said you're getting snow out there in new jersey too i I haven't paid attention to see where all it's hitting um but i'm joined by jeff greco one of the founders and owners of heavy real brewing company thanks for joining me jeff yeah chris thanks for having me man it was it was quite serendipitous last weekend i thought i was just coming up to four score to uh get some of their newest release i didn't and thinking back on it, I believe um, Ben had told me when you guys were doing a collaboration, but I don't remember anything anymore. Um, yeah, you saw the hard work that uh, goes into a collab day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was awesome. I got to meet you, got to talk for a while, um, and you were kind enough to agree to give me some of your time to hop on the, a podcast to talk about your brewery. Yeah, man, of course. So... One, although I don't know how much I'll like you later, that if you have me drinking a 9% stout yeah. early afternoon. For real. So let's start with, um, one, where did the name Heavy Real come from? Uh, yes, yeah, so the, the name of the brewery uh, came from a picture I had uh, of my grandfather fishing um, somewhere around here by the Barnegat uh, Lighthouse. And, uh, you know, I guess he was catching a fish and... I don't even know if it's a real term or anything. It just looked like the reel is heavy. And I don't know. I just kind of said it when I was like, you know, come up with ideas and, uh, you know, I, my wife said it was cool. So I thought it was kind of cool. And we just went with it. Um, I don't want to be caught up on name for too long. You know, I've tried to start other businesses where I thought the name was so important, but, um, you know, the name isn't, is important to an extent, but, uh, you know, we just liked it and went with it. Wait, it's, I've, I mean, I've talked to some um, brewery owners that spent like forever coming up with a name, um, and you came up with a, a good one quickly. So I guess your approach yeah. works perfectly too. The only other one we were considering was uh, Barrier Island Brewing, but um, we didn't want to get confused with Barrier Brewing in New York. And uh, it turns out that that name is actually trademarked already, Barrier Island Brewing. So oh. uh, we wrote that one. <laughs> so you would have ran into trouble anyway. Yeah. So, so what, what were you doing before you decided to open a brewery? I was actually a teacher by trade and home brewing, um, probably like two or three times a week. Um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so was it just that, was it burnout from your, from teaching that motivated you to open your own uh, brewery or was it the love of home brewing or was it just simply wanting to be an entrepreneur um it was kind of a mixture of everything uh i was never burnt out from teaching i actually liked my job i liked uh, i had a lot of friends uh, that i worked with um that actually helped me open this place to be honest with you they just uh made things easy for me when i was you know, on two or three hours of sleep uh working two jobs it was just kind of uh yeah i wanted to be my own boss i kind of always liked the brewery atmosphere and the family atmosphere of it all um you know and just kind of want to try something different before you know i told my wife like i want to try it before we had kids and before we bought a house and settled down and uh i mean a lot of that stuff happened beforehand but uh we've just been kind of figuring it out along the way how long ago did you open 
Jesus, I suck at this question. I think uh, <laughs> 2018. We're, we're coming up on our three-year anniversary in April. That's close enough. Around. Yeah. I'm not yeah. like even when I I know you have a little one. Um, when when my kids were young, I rounded to the closest six months. Yeah, I was I never. We opened, we opened April 13th three years ago. So. <laughs> Whatever that math works out to be. Yeah. Pretty sure it's 2018 or 19. One of them. So, what what got you into craft beer? Uh, honestly, like craft beer tourism. Um, it, it started, we were in Portland, Maine, and our hotel actually looked at shipyard brewing. Um, so we just said, you know, you know, my wife and I were younger. We just started dating. So we went to the brewery because it was right there. Um, you know, every other weekend we were traveling, just, you know, local from New Jersey and where you guys are. You can be in a different state, a different area in three hours. So we were just doing, like, little weekend trips. Uh you know sam adams and we went to newport storm in rhode island just anywhere we'd go we would try to find a brewery um and we just got hooked man it just became like brewery tourism um anywhere we'd go we were like researching breweries on the drive up and uh yeah that's how it got got me into it she bought me a brewing kit for christmas one year and i honestly never used it it sat around forever and um I don't know. One rainy day, I took it out, and I was like, "Yep, I'm going to open a brewery." And <laughs> I've always wanted to be a chef, but I'm not. I'm. It's. I'm not a morning person, and I'm not a late night person. So like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of negates uh, the restaurant yeah, industry. Like, you know, like it kind of works well for me because it's kind of. I look at it like cooking. You know, like just mixing flavors, matching profiles, and uh, you know, I don't really have to stay here too too late. <laughs> So the first beer that you um, homebrewed, was it any yeah. good? Yeah, uh, it was because, I mean, back then it was good. If I tried it now, I'd probably be much more picky. But uh, it was a Lagunitas clone. So, like, it was literally the ingredients, followed the directions. Okay. And, uh, it was an extract, too. So it's like boiling sugar water, essentially. So it's pretty easy. And then... Um, you know, I got a roll of like my first three or four beers going all grain. We're all, you know, drinkable, not infected. And then like I hit like a period where I was like, yeah, this is what people are talking about with all flavors. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely in the minority, though, because the vast majority of people that I asked that question to their first batch was absolutely horrendous, no matter yeah. what they started with. <laughs> like, because, like, yeah, because like. The whole t transferring time is when you're homebrewing a big problem. Like tell homebrewers all the time. First thing to do is buy like a wort chiller and buy like a good little like uh, fermenter that you can clean out pretty nicely. Cause that's, that's where all the issues pretty much happen. So right now, um, heavy suits, he heavy reel is on the tiny end of the spectrum. Correct. Like you, I, because you have brew what, size, you mean? yeah, yeah, like well, brew yeah, house so size. Yes, yeah, so our original. We actually started on a barrel and half system. Uh, literally, all my home brew equipment. Um, we started on like a really small budget. Um, you know, after we opened up and had some sales, we bought um, a hundred gallon mash ton and a seventy-five gallon kettle. So it's kind of, I say, it's like a two and a half barrel system depends on like what you're brewing that we yield 
uh, at our new location, we moved up to a 10 barrel system. So, um, yeah, we just started small and, um, you know, like where we are, it's kind of a touristy area. So, um, it was cool because we got to brew a ton of beer, um, pretty much whatever we wanted because the taste room was pretty much always packed and it just gave, you know, a small brewery in a town that's pretty happening is like you get to experiment a lot and which really, I mean, I think helped drive the brand and the business. So when, um, when, when will the new location be online? Um, so in my head, I want to do it for the third year anniversary. So April, um, if all the stars align, hopefully we'll be up in sometime in March. Uh, so in about a month, um, you know, there's some things that are out of our control with, uh, regulations and licensing and, and all, yeah, licensing. So, um, the federal government were approved. We're, we're just about approved for the town. So we're just kind of waiting on the state and, um, yeah, hopefully like March or April. If I, if I remember correctly, you're like right on the beach too, right? Yeah, we're we're a block away. Yeah, from where for from where our new brewery is, you can actually like see the ocean. So does that um, has that made your business very seasonal, or is there enough of a um, local customer base? Yeah, we, definitely that... have, we definitely have like a big local following. Um, a, lo- a lot of businesses here are only open you know in the summer. We're open year round. Okay, uh, we draw pretty big crowd in the uh, winter. Um, this winter's been tough just because of COVID. We've been closed. Uh, we actually just reopened our new tasting room or our old tasting room like two weeks ago. So we finally have some people back inside. But uh, yeah, we draw a crowd year round. But in the summer, it's definitely like you get just people that walk by and don't even really know it's a brewery and just pop in. So uh, yeah, off season is pretty good usually. Um, we're going to take a real quick uh, sponsor break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between if, if there will be a difference in how you operate, because yeah. that's um, quite a jump in capacity from where you yeah. are to where you're going to be. Uh, it's, we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. All right, um, let's uh, let's actually the rewind what, like what we were just talking about because um, I, I do want to point out the beer that I'm drinking right now of yours, the Choco Nana Nut, is super super good. 
Um, and you were just saying like, this may be a whole line that you do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the first we like, I always like chocolate covered bananas. So that was the, uh, inspiration for that beer. First one was chocolate, banana, peanut butter. That one you're drinking is chocolate, banana, coconut. Uh, so we might just keep doing it and just changing the last adjunct. Um, the next one might be white chocolate, banana and macadamia nut do like a little, uh, blonde stout. What, what I love about this is that those flavors, at least for me are, um, they're very delicate almost yeah. like they're not in your face. Um, the end it, it, but it like drinking, it's almost reminiscent of a banana split. Exactly. A little, yeah. like, <laughs> like, like it's just like, it's, it's just there. Like, yeah. like, it's just like, it's whispering to you that that's what it is. Yeah. And it, it drinks way too easy for a 9% stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a big hit. I like that beer a lot. And also I had, I had told you when we were at four score, I like the, um, I actually didn't even realize at first that it was, um, one of your beers because it, 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 it definitely looks like it could be a four score one too. Cause he does the eight bit labels. Yeah. yeah that's, that's cool. Uh, you know, I, our designer did that for us. I just kind of said, uh, we're doing a chocolate banana beer and that's what he sent me. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Fuck it. Let's go with it. Yeah. I like <laughs> it. It's cool. Um, it, 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 uh, well, it draws your eye. Like it's just it's yeah. a cool label. So, um, it's kind of complicated, complicated math to do what X size expansion you're doing. Yeah, um, I'm terrible at it, but, but it's large. Um, yeah. Is that going to change the way you operate? Like, do, do you plan um, on like distributing or do you think just there will be? Uh, yeah. So, uh, we'll distribute a little bit more. Uh, I mean, we don't really distribute at all right now. So we'll distribute to some places, you know, that makes sense for us to distribute. Um, it'll allow us to operate, have more operating hours. Cause, uh, there were times like when we first opened, we'd open on Friday night and sell out by like midday Saturday. Oh, wow. Um, and then we were like, you know, kicking, telling people, sorry, we'd have no beer. Um, so it will help with those issues. Um, our canning process will be a lot easier because we're canning everything ourselves right now. Um, on the bigger system, we'll have a mobile unit come in to start. Um, one of the big plans is to buy like a, you know, a production size canning line. So are you uh, using like one of those um, like tabletop canning yeah. system? Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, it's getting us through on the small system, but, uh, you know, when we go bigger, it'll make, just make more sense for us. So really you're, it's going that much larger is more solving a problem than it is going to have to change the way you operate. Yeah. So, um, we just wanted to make it more sustainable too. um, you know, being small, I could have done it my whole life, but you're like grinding, you know, like not everything there was all manual. Um, the temperature controls were all manual. Like it was just, uh, it was tough, man. Like it, it was like really like a Frankenstein system here. It's just, you know, the process of getting the beer to you guys is just a lot easier. So we'll be brewing a lot more beer and it will be a lot easier for us on our end. So what's what um, I mean, you had to have just been brewing constantly. Yeah, the, the, the last few years to 
to not even be able to keep up with demand. Yeah. Um, and that I, th- I would think like at first for a while, that scarcity where like, you don't know if you, if the, if you're going to be able to get your beer past Saturday probably helps, but at some point that could turn customers away with, yeah, the, with being so many options. So not having to worry about turning people away cause they don't, you don't have the beer will help a lot. Yeah. A lot of like, um, at first, like a lot of the, just like the people that didn't really get it, the comments we would get would be like, you know, most businesses are open for more than four hours and this and that. And it's just like, we were trying our best. Like literally I was sleeping at the brewery. There's an air mattress there. You know, we'd get there, brew in the summer, brew for three o'clock in the morning, start, brew two beers a day. Um, like literally sleep there after working the tasting room and do it all over again. And, you know, just burning myself out, you know, but, uh, trying to get as much beer out as we possibly could that's probably both the um the great part and the downside of craft beer fans being so passionate like they'll support you and support you but then they also kind of have unrealistic expectations about being able to get your beer sometimes and almost take it as a personal affront if they're not able to get the beer that they want to yeah, I mean, like, to this day, every release we do, like, people will post and ask, like, what liquor store can we find this in? We're like, can't. can't. Just buy it here. Like, support us, too. Like, uh, you know, but uh, just stuff like that, man. It's like a lot of stuff's out of our control. Uh, we try to do really good with our customers. And a lot of our, like, people that buy from us regularly know the deal. Um, it's just... Uh, you know, since COVID, where we're doing a lot more home delivery, there's been, like, a lot of people that are, um, like, when things sell out, they get angry and stuff like that. But um, a lot of it's out of our control. So um, it's just, you know, it's like the business is always evolving, and we're trying to find the best way to do things. And, uh, you know, we're thankful that people have been patient with us for this long, through this uh, growth. I do. Uh, I love the label of the beer you the can drop you announced a couple days ago and i think it's a beer that you do semi-regularly the bring out the goon yeah so that's uh a, that's like a new one yeah we just did okay. that uh for the being a hockey season and uh yeah that's a, it's a really good beer too uh we do uh i don't want to do sports beers it's just kind of turned into that the first we did a, a mets beer with uh, my friends over here icarus uh brewing in new jersey and uh, that one, we'll be doing that one again in about a month. That's another popular one too. But I, I, I love that label. I'm all, I yeah. love hockey too. And glancing at it, it looks like it would fit in. I mean, obviously, New Jersey, the New Jersey Devils um, colors are similar, yeah. but it looks like it could fit in as a, a Washington themed <laughs> beer. Also, that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, Chris, our design guy. He he really kicks ass on his designs. And uh, me and him, you know, kind of get each other and what we want out of a design i like the um i also really like the it looks like it's a series of beers you do maybe like the latest one was um orange creamsicle so yeah so is it just that that same label and then different colors with each flavor yes like next week we'll do the uh dole whip version of it and uh we have a different look you know the same Love and Thick are two sour series, and they both, it's the same logo. It's just uh, we change the colors, and sometimes we'll change the skeleton up a little bit. Okay. Uh, 
Um, how how often are you releasing new beers? I would I guess when you're making such a small amount now, it's got to be like almost constantly, right? Yeah. So um, a lot of the releases that we do, um, we'll like double batch them. So like the Baba Brewhouse one, we just released a couple of weeks ago. We did two batches of that, so we had like five barrels of it. Um, so yeah, pretty much every week we try to release at least two or three beers. Last week we released one just because you know we we're down uh, down by you guys and Kushwa doing the collabs down there. Uh, this week we released four beers, which is uh, just catching up. So yeah, every week it's kind of something new. What kind of what was it that you did with Kushwa? Was that an IPA? Or... Yeah, yep, IPA with all uh, bunch of hops. Neither of us have worked with before or, or too familiar with so. And then four score is going to be a fruited sour, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not allowed to say anything. They like to keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah, they they keep um, the flavors under wraps until right before releasing. Um, although they have, I what I love about Ben is he put ma- he puts mango in a lot of beer, and I love yeah. mango and beer. We do that too, yeah. I think I brought you that. Uh, uh, you tried the mango. Thick. Yeah, the mango thick was really good. I was yeah. the first time I ever had like a, um, and I know you had said you don't, um, you've never advertised it as a goza, but it like it, it. I mean, it is kind of because well, stylistically, I think you would come in last place in a BJCP competition, but it's yeah. like a thick boy goza. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we use uh, Atlantic sea salt from the Bay right over here. So that I think it gives us our like little uh, our own flavor to it. Well, it's it's the first time I've ever had that. So it gets anyone who hasn't had it. It's a big, uh, pulpy, thick, fruited sour, but yeah. with that addition of the sea salt, and it's it's a really nice flavor balance. So the reason we did that is. Um, like when you drink something sour or sweet, when you get something like salt that dries it out, it actually like confuses your brain and you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah. that's, that's the reason why we do it. Cause, uh, like we do Funkadel passion fruit. That's like one of the staples of that series. When you try that, this passion fruit and our sour base is so sour and then you have the salt to mix in with it. It's, uh, it's quite an experience. I bet the strawberry banana one is good. Yeah, that's. We just started working with banana recently, and um, we actually put it in that beer you're drinking now. So yeah, it's you know two classic flavors that uh, you know you can put together at the strawberry and banana. Are the um, are the loves and the thicks only crowlered? Uh, so some of them are in four packs. Okay. Um, it kind of just all depends. Like right now, it just all depends on labels, like what we have on hand. Uh, we have a lot of crowler labels left, and uh, we only have four pack labels for certain beers. Um, so yeah, it kind of just depends on the week. Um, like this week we have the love in the, uh, four packs next week we'll have thick and four packs. It just kind of okay. depends on the week and the beer. Like, uh, the mango, that thick mango was the first time we ever put it in a crowler. So we just wanted to do crowlers before we ordered a ton of four pack labels. Do you do you crowler them on demand or do you pre crowler a bunch and like... uh, yeah we pre crowler uh, so we release beers on Thursday night um, so we'll go in Friday and pre fill all the ones that sold already and then 
when we open on we're only open Saturdays right now. So then on Saturdays, we'll pre-fill a bunch in the morning just so we have them for walk-ups. So actually, the banana and all the other flavors are starting to come out much better now. I had this sitting out on my patio, like right oh, outside yeah, of my cool. office. So it was it was, that, it was suboptimal temperature for the yeah. flavors. But now that it's had a chance to warm up, they're definitely still not like overpoweringly. It's still kind of just yeah. a hint of flavor, but it's it's more pronounced now. If you were thinking like, what the hell's, what are you talking about when I said that earlier? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, does this guy have COVID? Has he lost his <laughs> sense lost of taste and smell? Um, let's take a one more quick sponsor break. Um, and then I want to talk to you about uh, collaborations and um, and then maybe a little bit about doing the Sour Fest and like well, all those collaborative things you do with so many like very popular breweries. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be right back. There are many reasons why I have chosen District East for where I purchase beer. I love the flexibility of being able to make a custom six-pack or take home a crowler from one of the eight beers on tap. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff do an amazing job at keeping a diverse selection on hand. You can even purchase artwork from the monthly featured artist. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to mcclintockdistilling.com for more information. Okay, so you just mentioned the the four-score one you did. You did one with Kushwa. You, I know you've you've done one with Imprint. Um, and there's a, just a long list of popular breweries you've done with, um, being so small, how, how have you made that happen? Like, how did, how did you get into those circles to, um, with these fairly, some of them fairly large, some small also, um, yeah. but very popular breweries to work with them. Uh, so I think it started with our thick series, uh, our fruited sour series. We were doing that um, in the taste room. Um, you know, people were filling crowlers and bringing them down places and trading them. Uh, like I remember uh, this group of people would come in and pick up a bunch of our thick crowlers and bring them down to Burley Oak and trade them and this and that. Um, I think we just got started getting a little bit of a name behind it. And, um, you know, just kind of reached out to, 
Brian imprint. And then I think after we did that first collab with imprint, it kind of put us on the map. Like people started coming in a lot more just for our sours. And, uh, yeah, since then it's really grown and, um, just, you know, we make a lot of connections being in the industry. Um, before opening the brewery, I had a lot of, uh, contacts in the brewing industry. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of just been like an organic kind of growth for us and, you know, meeting new people. Like next week, we're going to uh, Channel Marker up in Massachusetts. Um, they're like a small brewery, too, but they've been putting out some awesome beer. So I'm stoked to get up there and see what they're doing and uh, brew together with them. So is it kind of like the um, Thick Boy Fruited Sour Club? Sort of, but like um, like Kushwa, we're not doing a Fruited Sour, but... Uh, you yeah, know, I guess Kushwa um, does. I mean, they do a little bit, but theirs aren't. Theirs aren't even their fruited sours. They aren't the super thick, pulpy ones. They're. I had I had their one their mango with something a couple months back. The first time I met Garrett, and it was super thick and delicious. Um, but like, not all our collabs are sours. Um, I just feel like that's what got us on the map. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of it's just. Uh, you know, it's nice having friends in the industry. You can just text and, um, you know, kind of just, you know, have other people that go through the same thing, kind of do the same things you guys do. And it's just, at first, it's fun. It's like a play date with uh, your yeah. brewery friends. Well, yeah, it lets you go hang out, meet new people. And yeah. And one thing it's always explained to me is, too, like, you, like the learning aspect of it also is great because there's so much of um, just not knowing other ways of doing something like you may have been taught one way to accomplish a task and never thought that it could be done a better way and during a collaboration like that's been pointed out to me a few times that like they've seen them do something weird I'm like well why'd you do that yeah yeah I, like there's so many different ways to get to the final product and uh, everybody does it differently like every brewer knows their own system. Like if I, you plug me onto Ben's system at four score, like I might completely fuck something up. Just like the same thing. If he comes over to our system, you know, like we all know that nuances and ins and outs of, uh, our systems and our brewing process over there. So in actually that's three, the tickets just went on sale this week. Um, you'll be, participating in the um friends with benefits sour fest mm -hmm. uh which has an impressive lineup of participating breweries um how did how'd you end up involved in that one uh so we got in through uh ingenious brewing we did a collab with them down in texas um and i know in, uh Uzzle finch had like two open spots so i just you know reached out to russ and said hey we're definitely interested um you know just it, yeah. and it just kind of happened like that nice <laughs> you know, no, no no real uh science or anything behind it it's like hey I, i'm here <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much i mean um that you know i don't know the weasel finch guys i'm you know kind of uh excited to meet those guys and hang out but uh you know we've talked through text and email so uh we're excited to get down there and you know not many people um in virginia really get our beer it's most, I feel like most of the trades go out to like Colorado and California. Is there any in-person aspect of this or is it all virtual? Yeah, there's uh, limited in-person. Okay. Uh, so, so, I mean, like we'll be down there for it, but um, 
they're also sending out packages all over the state or all over the country. Yeah, unless you live in Maryland, because we can't be yeah. trusted to receive Still beer Jer- in the mail. I New Jersey too, but I, I don't I don't know the rules. Maybe New Jersey. New Jersey has shitty laws too. Yeah, I didn't I didn't take note of um, whether New Jersey was or not, but um, in Pennsylvania you can, in Virginia you can. Um, PA has like the best laws. But, but, but for us in Maryland, we can't be trusted to receive beer through the mail. So unless you have a friend in Virginia or Pennsylvania to ship it to their house, we're out of luck for things like this. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I'm used to it living in New Jersey. Although I do have a friend just over the border in Virginia that I can have stuff shipped to. So I'm actually, I, I may do the, um, the friends with benefits festival yeah, the, yeah like you said the, the lineup is crazy for that one yeah and like tripping animals weathered souls vitamin c evil twin mckellar you guys um ingenious just get aslin it, it just goes on and on yeah and it's yes. a cool little um i i don't know they they also did the fml festival last year where you had the, like this really cool packaging and stuff too i don't know if they're doing the same thing um, I thought they released like the glassware and stuff. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, the glassware looks cool. Yeah. Um, but for for the FML Fest, the packaging that it came in was like a reversible box to take your Instagram photos in. Oh, so like it cool. had a whole background and stuff for like you to use to snap the photo and post and then try the beer. We have uh, this like big open lot over here right next to the ocean. We keep wanting to do our own festival. Um, but you know, like when I say that and we really want to do it, there's just so much stuff that goes into it with like insurance and all yeah. purchasing and all this other stuff. So, uh, if anybody knows how to run a festival, please reach out and help us out. They, um, you're, it, it also kind of ruins it for you having fun. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cause like, th- you're just a nervous wreck the whole time and people coming to you to ask questions and yeah I, I don't like being the main focus of things so i i would just want to get drunk in the back somewhere yeah so you just kind of need to farm it out like yeah, let it be real. yours but uh delegate 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 definitely but yeah that would that would be a pretty awesome festival to advertise like right along the beach and yeah i mean we've been talking about it for years now just uh you know, afraid to pull the trigger and you know, we've had too much other stuff on our own time going on over here. So maybe, uh, birthday number four. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. Throw, uh, a friend, a friend, uh, heavy reel and friends anniversary party. We'll try it. Then that'll, that'll give me an excuse to make my second trip to New Jersey. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> Although I feel, I, I think I drove through it once also. But yeah, that only... doesn't do it justice. No, it's I... a beautiful land over here. <laughs> and I, well, I, I definitely enjoyed my trip to Red Bank and I can't remember whatever city, um, the Quick Stop is in for where, where yeah. Clerks was filmed. Not but, far, but yeah, and it's it's an easy short. It's not that far of a drive from Frederick. It's a yeah. It was... For us to get to four score, it was like just over three hours. It was like three hours, ten minutes or something like that. 
It's really not bad. It's ultimate. I have no excuse. I just need to make it happen. <laughs> and you yeah, get... I hate the beach. Most people will come down. Want to... I hate going to the beach, but most people want to come down for like vacation and stuff. But uh, if you're like me and hate the beach, then there's other stuff to do. Well, I hate the beach, uh, but my wife and kids love it. Yeah. Uh, so that would be <laughs> my way yeah, of like, here. yeah, <laughs> like, hey, you guys want to go to the beach? We've never been to New Jersey for the beach. Why don't we go there? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Is does is that an area that gets really packed though during the summer, or is it not a huge? Uh, yeah, it gets packed. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the the beach is you know all public, so it depends like where you go. Um, like we have a state park here that doesn't get too too crowded, and but there's it gets crowded around here because we have a boardwalk with like games and rides and stuff. Uh, okay. State park up the street where it's like all natural, like. Uh, you know, wildlife and stuff, and you're not really going there for uh, fun. You're going for the beach. Where uh, are you allowed to have alcohol at the beach? Or do, I believe it, so. Oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you do. We do. We, we do. <laughs> I, I I haven't ever not. <laughs> I know. I, I know some places like they're real ridiculous with that. I didn't yeah, know. I think, I think it was yeah. I, I know in in our town there's some like alcohol permitted beaches. So okay. Where is um, your new location in um, uh, compared to what your old one? Are they close to each other or is it a... Yeah, they're uh, probably half a mile apart. Okay. Yeah, that's on the same road, just half a mile down the road. Are you closing the original when you fully open the new uh, one or are you going to ha- operate two? It's kind of up in the air. Uh, we might have to just based on, you know, COVID and everything else. And it's going to be tough operating two places during, you know, like limited capacity, yeah. but we're kind of just kind of playing it by ear and seeing what we can do. And how, how has New Jersey been? I haven't followed their restrictions at all. Are, or were you um, completely closed or was it limited capacity? We're completely closed, but, um, now it's 20 it's 35% now we went from 25 to 35 but um a lot of it just makes no sense like the beaches were packed you couldn't even you know like see a speck of sand but one block away we were allowed to have two people in the brewery so it made no sense for a while um but it's starting to get a little bit better where we are um you know businesses are still opening and still doing what we can to uh you know fight through this so during that time where you, you just all to go crawlers and four packs. Yeah. So like when it first all happened, we were all to go mainly because, uh, you know, our baby was born the day they shut down hospitals for COVID. Um, so, you know, and back last March, like nobody really knew what it was or where you could get it. So we were just super cautious. So we closed it down even when they opened up 25%. Uh, so we were closed for like 10 months, just doing to go. Um, like we're literally open, like from 12 to like three o'clock, just doing to go one day a week. Um, so with them, I don't know, we just got to the point where we were like, let's just open and see what happens. And, uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, that's, we just opened the old taste room back up for a little while. So you had, um, you had mentioned earlier, it's kind of the, um, fruited sours that put you on the map. Um, What did you start out making those, or was that like... uh, yeah? We, we started off doing um, like sours, uh, 
we started this beer called Follow the Ewa, where it was more like like Crooked Stave type sours, where it was like fruited but not heavily fruited. Um, and then I don't know, just as we started exploring more and you know doing different processes, and uh, we did, like just kind of did it, and we did it in the middle of the summer, and it really just it like two summers ago, it really just like exploded. Um, it, is that a style you've always liked, or is it not one that you personally? Uh, so sours are my favorite style of beer. Um, I do like fruit and sours, but I more like like the spontaneous from mixed culture stuff like that. Um, which we started, we just started a whole program doing that. We did our first bottle release about a month ago. Um, so in this building, we're going to have a whole room dedicated to uh a funky barrels and stuff like that nice okay. are you gonna have a yeah, cool I mean, ship uh we want i've been saying for years we're trying to build one slash buy one it's just um you know like it's just been a lot yeah like too many, uh, too many moving parts so like right now we're just doing some like wild cultures and stuff like that and then hopefully doing a cool ship in the near future but uh yeah like some of my favorite beers like the one we do here is uh a collab with Inu Island out in Hawaii and it's uh not fruited really it's just like a fermented on fruit so you get like a, a lot of tanginess from the different fruits we put in there that's like one of my favorites um how uh how big of a size difference is that like your actual building location difference between the two uh yeah, so our original building is just like 1,300 square feet, and then we bought this building, and I believe the whole building is like 10,000 square feet, but to start, we're only occupying 6,000 square feet. It's a nice nice big jump. So That's a decent... Me, we actually, yeah, we actually looked at this building early on, and we were like, no, this is way too big, and now we look at it now, and we're like, well, at least we have room to grow now. Yeah. Um. How how much of it are you gonna, is going to be um, tap room and how much is production? Um, like percentage wise. Yeah, I, I, don't, know, like I don't know any any way you want to describe. <laughs> You're cracking up. I don't know over there. I don't know if it's uh, going to come through on the recording, but uh, I can. I'll like yeah, I'm, I can hear it too. I'll just cut it out. It's like sixty percent. Um, Taste room, 40% um, production area. Okay. I wonder... Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's like much roomier than our old spot. What um, What is the motif kind of? like? What, what is your design aesthetic? Um, so, like, in our original brewery, we have, have just, uh, like, pallet wood halfway up the walls, and then it's painted all black. Um, we have some, like... Some old mode, uh, outboard engines from boats that we've just been kind of collecting. People bring in like random old nautical stuff, so it's kind of like a mix of like nautical stuff with uh, a little dark element to it. Nice. Um, actually, I am kind of worried about how this is going to sound because one one of our internet connections, and I think I am the culprit, is going downhill quickly. Um, oh, really? So. I apologize. Do you want to? Sorry, say that again. Do you want to pause and start back up? 
Um, hold on. Wait, I think it may have. Nope, it did not fix itself. Um, yeah, let me. I'll have to send you a new link. Um, yeah. Because it, it won't let me end it and then restart it. Let me end this. Um, create a new session and then I'll, I'll just text you the link. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no problem. All right. Technical difficulties have been overcome. We can hear each other again. There we go. That's a, I get as a, there's a, like a beauty to how I have to record now. And then the horrible downside, like what just happened where like you're, you're at the mercy of computers and internet access to be able to record. However, if it wasn't for this, most likely I wouldn't have been able to have you on as a guest or the people in Texas and California. So there's huge upside in a, slight hurdle downside to overcome but yeah <laughs> we, we persevered and we made it happen yeah definitely um so you were saying it's you have a mixture of nautical um and then just it, it i think when it, when you said like people bring you stuff i that's i think a, a cool phenomenon that happens with brewery owners that like i think like people build such a personal connection to their favorite breweries that they, they want to give you stuff so yeah. it's just like every brewery owner just seems to have just stuff that's dropped off at the brewery for them yeah um don't, don't get me wrong family members too like they just want to uh-huh. give you everything and like some of it's like what am i even going to do with this you know but what is the coolest thing one of your customers has ever dropped off for you um this one guy brought in like this a uh, big expensive uh pen tuna reel um like people want to buy it from us all the time and we're like look we got this as like a gift we we can't sell it is that like a special yeah i guess it's like of... a big like sport fishing reel and people tell us it's like five or eight hundred dollars all the time i'm like well if we're ever down and out we know uh yeah. <laughs> we... <laughs> that's plan b yeah <laughs> So, are you into fishing at all, or? Yeah, um, like before owning the brewery, I loved it. Um, you know, like I used to live like an hour away from where we are. Now, thank God, I live like five minutes away. But uh, we only moved down here a year ago, so now hopefully this spring I'll have some more time that we live right here that I can go fishing. But um, you know, prior to the brewery opening, I was going all the time. We have like a boat. Uh, my father-in-law has a boat in the. Uh, the next town over so we usually go out on that no wonder you had a um inflatable mattress at the brewery yeah oh yeah (laughs) when i saw people it was like literally burning the candle on both ends it was wild for a little while yeah that would be miserable driving home after a full day of uh brewing at an all manual system yeah i used to get home around like two three in the morning and then have to wake up at six for work the next day it was it was rough i actually got i used to just fucking speed and i got pulled over by a cop like halfway and uh funny story like he kind of recognized me and uh let, let me go and he's like one of our good friends at the brewery to this day like nice. this, you know, <laughs> build, build this place and uh I said, like, just, you know, thanks for letting me off that day. You know, and it's still like a joke around here. <laughs> and he, you I, know, he got it. Like, you know, it's not like we're doing anything wrong. Just, it was, 
I just want yeah, to go to bed. Follow, following your goal, man, and just working your ass off and, you know, not making excuses and just the job had to get done. So, are Do you do all of the brewing or do you, yeah. do you have anyone? Do you have plans um, to hire help when it's larger? Yeah, so or I, Midway through, I hired my – I wouldn't say hired. I had uh, my friend Ricky come in and help. And, uh, you know, I was paying him to do some of the brewing Um a lot of the beers that were kind of uh, like the easier styles to do um, at the here, we're going to be hiring a full-time brewer to uh, you know, I don't like the term head brewer. Like we're just both going to be the brewers. So yeah, head brewer, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. There'll be two of us. And then, um, you know, we'll probably hire some like part-time sellermen and stuff like that. Is your goal to try to step back from having to do the brewing and focus on other aspects of the business or you still want to be yeah, intimately yeah. in um uh, eventually uh you know i don't want to be on the brew deck forever but um you know i it's kind of like whatever the business calls for like that's kind of how i look at it if um it makes sense for me to be brewing you know 40 to 60 hours a week then i brew 46 hours a week if it calls for me to do more of the because we're like right now, I do everything. I do the you know the the paperwork side of it, the legal side of it, the brewing side of it. But uh, you know, here it's a different model. It kind of depends where the business kind of pushes me, which direction. Um, so I guess we'll see. Who um do you do you do the social media and stuff too, or do you have someone yeah. helping with that? No, I do the social media too. So you're just doing it all. Uh, literally, so, all of it. Yeah um do you do you have well i guess really i can't remember do you have the tasting room open at all right now or is it yeah so uh we have uh we had like a 12 person staff for the tasting room pre-covid uh once covid hit uh kenny's like our lead guy he uh, holds down the tasting room and that's like his little baby well at least you have help there yeah definitely yeah the tasting room <laughs> You know, the taste room was like one of those things, like, I was like, I can't, all I wanted to do was work in the tasting room at the beginning, you know, and then like a month in, you know, you realize you have no weekends anymore, and, uh, you know, it was a lot, like, when we first started here, it was me, my wife, and my brother doing the taste room, and, you know, we'd have a lot of fun, but it gets a lot after a while, where every weekend, you know, the business kind of consumed you, so... Uh, yeah, I don't really. I'm in the taste room a lot, just because I'm there on Saturdays. But I'm not really working. But I'm there, doing whatever needs to be done. That's one thing that's been described to me often as being both great and a downside. Of yeah, like everyone wants to talk to you, which is awesome. But then it's also everyone wants to talk to you. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, not I mean, as great. I, I like that part of it. It was just tough. Like um, a lot of times we'd be brewing and like our original location is really small. So we'd be brewing and, you know, there'd be somebody trying to talk to you and there's hot, you know, hoses everywhere with, you know, boiling water going through them. I'm like trying to be nice and just, you know, cause I love the taste room. I love like, we have a lot of regulars and, um, I love now that's back open again, seeing a lot of familiar faces. Um, but, uh, it was really hard to kind of get both that jobs done while the taste room is open yeah but, uh, at least here there's more of a separation kind of like four score where it's kind of separated so you can do your work and not you know not have to entertain everybody and then when you want to you know mix and mingle 
you can go over to the tasting room. And people just can't wander right to you. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I've had I had one person describe it to me like that they almost had to stop and mentally prepare themselves to go into the tasting room once the brewery reached a certain level of popularity. Yeah, well, luckily, I don't think we're like, I don't know, we're not, we're all kind of like approachable and just kind of, you know, it's it's a small space, our first one, um, so, I don't know, I, it's like, whenever you go into a brewery, like, when it, when I do collabs and stuff, like, you kind of forget people are working and, like, everybody goes to breweries because they're fun, you Yeah. Know? like, but, uh, you know, for us, it's like a job, too, at the same time, so it's hard to, like, balance the fun with the work that needs to be done do you have any other um collabs lined up that you're looking forward to um right now we kind of um we just finished a bunch of them we're kind of waiting for this spot to open because now we have to have a lot of the ones that we did they need to come back over here and do them so uh we've just kind of been waiting to for this to open um like that at four score we're talking about doing it here so now we're just kind of waiting. What? Who else? So you have four score coming out, Kushwa coming out. Are there other ones you just did too that will be coming out soon? Uh, well, we're do we're doing a couple next week um, and the following week. But uh, so non sequential beer works in uh, Brooklyn. Then we have Channel Marker up in Beverly, Massachusetts. So they'll be putting out beer within the next month. When you do those. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, in our own spot, we're not going to be putting out a collab for probably a month or two. Do um when you do those collaborations in the far further off places, well, even the ones out here, um, mm-hmm. do you get some of it to sell at your own brewery, or is, are they only available at the away team? Yeah, so like legally, we, New Jersey, we're not allowed to okay. like bring in a keg and sell it, but um. Like when we went to Imprint, we brought a keg to for them to pour for free to people. Um, you know, like yeah, the, that's kind of a silly law. That's why I think a lot of breweries move to um, all right. We brew a beer there, and then we brew a beer here. That's I yeah. think where collab things moving to. Yeah, that way your your local people don't miss out on being able to get it completely. Whereas now they yeah. have to because of the laws. Like when we did the um, we did the collab with Kings out in California, um, we kind of both did the same base, but we changed the fruit just because, you know, like we didn't want them doing side by side comparisons of the same beer. We just wanted them to have two different experiences. Yeah. Um, to try them like that. Yeah, I like um, at least in Maryland. I think you're allowed, like you you would have to set it up as like a contract brew where you, like if both places are within Maryland, but if it's outside of, I think it's the same thing. There's no legal way to to be able to sell the other brewery's um, version yeah. of it. Yeah, and I mean, like to be honest with you, a lot of it's the same. Like our recipes are kind of same. Like we'll just share the recipe so we can both brew the same thing, and um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's just it is what it is with the laws and you know, which there was it was fixed, but there's you know bigger problems than <laughs> right now than serving somebody else's beer. Yeah. 
I really like this clown Tiku that you made. It looks like it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, geez, that was like, yeah, that was, so Drowning Clown's like, we don't do a flagship, but we brew that IPA the most. I actually brewed it yesterday, uh, so we did that. That was probably like the first anniversary we did that for. Uh, probably April 9th, twenty twenty. At least this yeah. is the photo that I'm looking at right here. Yeah, so yeah, so that, I think that was our anniversary glass. That's a cool glass. Yeah, so that, yeah. Then last year we didn't do anything because it was like literally the middle of COVID, and like when it just happened. So we didn't. We our anniversary was nothing. I think we might put out cans. I don't even remember, but no glassware. We didn't do anything last year. Because like at that time we were like, well, we'll just celebrate it in the summer. Like this isn't. Yeah. Gonna, this is the last very couple long. months. We'll everything just, will be fine. Yeah, everybody will just come in in like May or June and we'll celebrate. It's no big problem. Oh, how naive we all were. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> now, now, now we're just kind of hoping and praying that summer yeah. will bring some. Yeah. No, I think the summer will be a little bit better. With you know, whatever, whatever people believe in it or not believe in it. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be better. It can't be worse. At least I hope no, it can't yeah. be. <laughs> it can't, like you said, it can't be worse. So we made it. We're surviving it. So. I um, want to thank you so much for your time. Alyssa, is there anything else you have coming up or anything you wanted to cover that I didn't ask? Um, no, I mean, we're pretty open on social media about, you know, our beers and what we're doing and where we're going with this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're stoked for people to listen to this and, you know, try our beer. Where, do people, our where do people find you? So you go to heavyrealbrewing.com um, or if you have Facebook or Instagram, that's uh, it's the best way to find us. Yeah, you're, you're pretty active, especially on Instagram. Your social media is very I, – I, it's enjoyable to watch. You have pretty pictures. Um, yeah, we're and very that's, responsive too. We try to respond to every message that comes in. That's such a undaunting, a completely daunting task. <laughs> yeah. So I, well, I commend you on that goal. It's better than email because there's no junk messages usually on Instagram. So oh, that's like, a good a point. Of, like email, if I go on the email right now, there's like 2,500 messages and half of them is just all crap. So um, that's why we say the best way to contact us is definitely social media. That's a, that's a good. I'd never thought of that. Although I have been lately getting junk like spam instagram messages yeah sometimes yeah sales and stuff like but at that. least they're hidden off to the side and you can just yeah. keep them there <laughs> all right well thank you so much for the time um thank you for the choco nana nut stout this is was absolutely delicious um i look forward to i'm definitely gonna have to make a trip to new jersey to check out the brewery once you open the new spot and I know it'll be an easy, um, easy to convince my wife to go. Yeah, if I sure. if I bring up the idea of going to the beach, I'm not going to be told no. <laughs> yeah, and the kid, trust me, the kids will love it too. They, the boardwalk over here was like one of my favorite memories as a kid. So nice. Yeah, they, they, all those three women upstairs. They, they're weird. They love the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's but thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, Chris, thanks for having me, man. I'll see you again soon. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook 
And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.